Hey you, yeah you. Before we start this episode, I have something special to announce. First of all, thank you for tuning into this episode. It really means a lot to me that you take a tiny chunk of your time to listen to me rambling on about life. Second, thank you so much for all the birthday wishes last week. I had a great birthday, spent it with my family and friends and overall it was amazing. So thank you for all of you who sent me a message to say happy birthday. Finally, the big announcement. Well, not that big. I finally opened an Instagram account for this podcast. Yes, you heard it right. Basically, growing up has its own Instagram now. I've actually been contemplating about opening one, but now I'm sure of it. So what's going to be on there, you may ask? The account will feature snippets of each episode, funny moments, and is also where I'm going to be having my future Q&As, audience interaction for future episode recordings. So make sure to follow the account at Basically Growing Up. That's Basically Growing Up in one whole word. And stay tuned for future contents over there. Now, enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Basically Growing Up Podcast. I am your host, Stanley. And today, I have a I have a new guest on, uh, someone that I don't, I haven't really talked to in a while or even at all, and I'm really glad that he reached out, that he wants to um, come onto the podcast and share some of his own experiences or a story and just simply have a good conversation. Today we have uh, Teddy Perilla. Hi. Hi. So just before we start anything or we car- uh, before we carry on, we have to adjust. I mean, address. Is it Teddy Perilla or Paria? Mm, Parilla, but I mean, I don't blame anyone for not being able to pronounce it, really. Okay, so I've noticed that it's more like a Spanish pronunciation, but then you have a sort of a British accent. Is there like, it's just because uh, you were born in Hong Kong, uh, uh, born and raised? No, just, yeah. Tell people so, about your background. I mean, okay, so um, I... I am mixed, half Spanish, half Hong Konger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've heard about the British thing from a lot of people. Um, I, I don't know exactly where it comes. I mean, I do kind of feel I know where it comes from, but my accent does shift quite a lot because um, I, I grew up in a household where we kind of had to speak three languages just to kind of survive. Because my father, with my father, I had to talk in Spanish, uh-huh. with my mother in Cantonese. But then if we wanted to communicate all together as a unit, Is it had to English? be in English. Okay. And then I went to a British school myself where we had okay, kind okay. of yeah. teachers from all different backgrounds, British, Canadian, American. So it was just kind of a mismatch to the point where I think my main dialect was kind of UK English. But then sometimes I'll fall back into American and Canadian Depending on like the register and the people I'm talking to, if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, it kind of makes sense. I mean, at least for myself, right? I tend to say, I, I would just say that I have a normal American accent, but then there are some times where I fluctuate a bit and there might be mm-hmm. a word or two that kind of slips out as British. And it just kind of maybe like at that moment, I feel like a bit posh or something. But no, it's just a, it's just a sudden, sudden little change. But I would say I most I'm mostly uh, I have a majority of American accent. And um, but yeah, Teddy, welcome to the Basically Growing Up podcast. Thank you. Yeah. So 
tell the uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. You know, your uh, who you are, how old you are, what do you do? You know, like are you a student okay. or whatsoever. Sure. So um, my life's kind of taken a bit of a turn lately. So I'm I recently turned twenty one. Okay. Um, I'd kind recently. of lived. Recently. Yeah. Uh, well, not as recently. I mean, it was March at the end of at the end of March. I turned twenty one. Okay. Okay. So I'm technically legal everywhere at this point, which is <laughs> kind of scary in some ways. Um, so I recently moved to Hong Kong. Well, okay, I said recently again, not that recently. I I've been here for quite some time, but because I usually just live in Spain and I come back to Hong Kong for the summers. Okay. But because of COVID and everything going on, and I actually found a job during the summer in Hollister. Okay. And okay. I just decided to stay here in Hong Kong. So I've been living here on my own. Oh, since really? Yeah, uh, in Hong Kong on my own since the end of the summer holidays. I, I found my own place to rent, and mm-hmm. I've kind of been working and juggling, working and studying online and auditioning for like shows here in Hong Kong. Um, I mean, in terms of me myself, I, I've already kind of talked about you know I, I am mixed, so I do kind of bring with me kind of a mixed heritage. Uh, I do kind of have my eyes set on an acting career, though my specialty is more of musical theatre, which I think Stanley kind of knows. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. Uh, well, I don't well, know what else to say? No, no. I, like, thank you. You know, for like giving that little intro about yourself. So you talked. You mentioned about like being mixed race. So just, uh, just to know, is your school? Uh, in Spain, or is it somewhere else, or where do you go to school? Yeah, so right now I go. I'm I'm at university. It's my second year for my bachelor's degree in international relations. Okay. And it's in Valencia. It's the European University of Valencia, ah, which Valencia. is a branch. Yeah. It's a it's a branch of the of a European university. Okay. Whose headquarters is in Madrid, but they kind of have a base in Madrid, Valencia, and the Canary Islands. Okay. 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 All right. So you you do interpersonal. Wait, what's it? What's the international relations? International relations. All right. And how how are you finding it so far? Like you know, studying in Hong Kong. Uh, I mean, studying online. Like, how are you adjusting to online lessons and everything? You know, how are you adjusting? I'm actually I'm actually quite lucky in the sense that because obviously Spain and Hong Kong have. time differences and my teachers were very flexible with them being because everything's recorded anyway to begin with so they were like uh since you're working and there is like the six hour or seven hours depending if it's summer time or just standard time uh you can just watch the recordings in your own free time just make sure your homework is sent in before the deadlines and just show up for the actual exams oh fair enough so so that so that's for me it's it's been quite easy um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't really enjoy my degree that much. So for me, it's kind of been a very like kind of perfect adjustment. Okay, I see. And you, you mentioned that you're currently living by yourself. Uh, so your yeah. parents are all both both in Spain, or? Yeah. So, uh, basically, what happened was that I think my parents would have probably preferred to stay for some for for a longer period of time in Hong Kong uh-huh. because. Um, Hong Kong as a whole has kind of handled COVID 
so so much better than, than Spain has. I mean, yep. I, I I I would just say the East in general has handled COVID in a way that the West just wishes it could have. In and yeah, to a certain point, yes, yeah. Yeah, and then my father had to go back first with my brother because my brother had to start school and his school wasn't doing online they were just going to be doing um, a, a bit of like a hybrid thing but they okay. had to be there okay. and then my mother stayed for like two, a couple more months just because she was a high risk patient and by the time it was september from last year spain was still pretty at a, like a pretty critical moment like we were having like i'd say 40,000 daily cases yeah um a lot of people were dying and my mother had pneumonia uh, back in the day, so her lungs are pretty fragile. And my father was like, okay, just stay here for a couple more months because you're safer here, and then you can come back. And then the plan was for me to go back, and I just said no. <laughs> they were like, okay, but well, then you're on your own. And I was just like, fine. I was like, I, I already got in my own place. I was paying my own rent. I was just like, okay, bye. <laughs> See ya. All right, fair enough. So you you also said like uh, I gotta ask like because you said that you work in uh, Hollister, right? As a yep. full time or a part timer? Part time, but I am looking for full time. Okay. But ha- the thing is that in yeah. Hollister, if you want to do full time, there has to be an actual vacancy in the team. Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of have a hierarchy one? of not 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 right now. Um, but I have talked to the managers about it. They are aware that I am like very interested in doing full-time because the thing mm-hmm. is in Hollister um, I'm not sure how aware you are how it works but full-time is actually quite quite a I guess f- flexible and advantageous av- advantageous position because it's not like any other workplace full-time at Hollister you have like a minimum set of hours that you have to show up and after yeah. that you you're pretty much everything else you do is just extra pay yeah. so they give they tell you that the minimum amount of time you're required to work per week is 24 hours which you can probably do in like three full days working. And after mm. that, the the other four days are pretty much free time that you can do whatever you want. You can either keep coming into work and get a bit more money okay. or you can just do whatever whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah, I understand. I was about to say, because like you said that you pay your own rent and everything. I was just going to ask, like, how are you finding it? Like studying, looking for audition jobs, like looking through uh, for jobs through auditions and also working in Hollister part time. How are you managing all this stuff and also be able to pay rent? Like, how are you uh, as like a 21 year old? How are you managed to like uh, sort all these things out? I mean, I won't go- I'm not going to lie. It would be much more easy if my parents wanted to support me in, in, in yeah, this kind of endeavor sure. but at the end of the day I, i'm it's kind of hard, really hard to explain because i feel like most people won't truly understand it until they do it mm-hmm. that kind of feeling of knowing that you are dependent on just yourself just truly being independent and not having to rely on your parents anymore yeah it's it's scary but at the same time it's kind of very fulfilling it's at a, the end of the month it's a thing that you every... kind of have to go through anyways yeah yeah but it's like kind of that realization of at the end of the month you get your paycheck and it's just like oh this is my my work and this is yep. what i've done and even though most of it ends up getting kind of used up on tuition and um rent you still have like a little bit left over and you're just like okay that money is actually mine and this is just the result of what i have been able to produce so yes, it is hard, but then you, you you do get something out of it. 
For sure, for sure. Like, um, I remember the first time I got my first ever paycheck working at a part time place, um, and I was like sixteen back then. So it was probably like six years ago. And when I first got my first ever paycheck, I was like over the moon. I was like, "This is it! I worked so hard for it, and it's like this is my moment. It's not much, but at the same time, like that moment when you receive something that you work really hard for, you get all that sense of、um, satisfaction, and that you know you earned it, like fair and square. You you know you earned it through、uh, sweat and like hard work and everything. And I'm、yeah. I, I respect all of the I, I respect the work that you have. And like, also the fact that you you know you support yourself, you have your own、um, your own like sort of a plan and everything to like pay rent, to study, to to still pursue a dream like that. And、uh, let's talk about you know let's talk about the dream, right?、Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned when you reached out to me that you want to talk about、uh, being mixed race in Hong Kong and also how Hong Kong and the Western culture have like a Clash in terms of mm-hmm, identity mm-hmm. and also society cultures and stuff. So let's just talk about、um, the first one that you want us to talk about, which is being mixed race. So you are、uh, part Chinese, a、uh, part Chinese and part、um, Spanish, right? Yeah. So obviously Spanish from your dad's side. Your mom is the Chinese side. And、uh-huh. at first,、um, did you? Okay, so did you mostly grow a、uh, grew up in Spain or in Hong Kong? When it well, grow, like growing up,、uh, if we're talking about my life in general, I've been in Spain much more than I have been in Hong Kong. Okay. Though when I was much younger, so we'll say from like the moment I was born to until I was three,、mm-hmm. we spent quite a lot of time in 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 Hong Kong. Like、um, the first time I was ever on a plane, I think I was like four five months old. Okay. Because、um, my parents wanted me wanted to kind of bring me over to Hong Kong. So you were born in Spain and then brought to Hong Kong. Yeah, I was born、okay. in Spain.、Um, okay. And、uh, I was kind of a novelty in the sense that I, for both of my families, I was kind of the, like the first, the first mixed, the first kind of you know, it, <laughs> it, it really was a novelty because it was just kind of like I came to Hong Kong and it was just like oh yeah, go guaite, and then it, in Spain it was just like oh this weird like Asian grandchild, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was just kind of like they'd never these two families on like opposite ends of the world had never really kind of had any reason to meet, and then suddenly there was this kind of proof that they had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.、Um, so I'd say kind of. Overall, I'd say it's been seventy percent Spain, thirty percent Hong Kong, because we did come、okay. back every single summer,、okay. even when I, we started to like permanently reside in Spain due to my, like my schooling and then my brother as well. All right. So,、um, how do you find a difference? Because I like I could tell that you know you actually manage like you actually know how to speak Cantonese. How would how 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 fluent would you say your Cantonese is? I would say I'm fluent, but I do admit to people that I'm.、Um, when it comes to a bit of like the more complex vocabulary, sometimes I do need people to kind of slow down a little bit. Okay, okay. But if you were just kind of like to talk to me in like everyday just ca-、uh, canto, I-, I can I I I can keep up. Like it, it it's it's it is my own language, and that's what I've spoken at home with my with my mother,、and、not my brother so much because we kind of have this. The can- she taught you Cantonese. Yeah, so it's kind of like the advantage, really, isn't it? Because 
for me, Spanish, English, and Cantonese, I've never really had to learn them in like a school environment because I've yeah. just always kind of known that in the back of my mind. Yeah, natural environment. Which is kind of which is kind of hard because one of my other part-time jobs is kind of being um, a, a part-time tutor. Okay. And there's been moments where it's kind of hard to explain to to, to parents that there's certain rules and in grammar which I can't really explain to people. Because oh, so you're teaching Spanish? I, I, I've I am teaching Spanish and English. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. And it's hard sometimes because it's kind of hard to to teach to to tell people. I can't really teach you the grammar because I've never had to learn the grammar because I've always naturally known what a past participle is, even though I can't. I, I didn't even know there existed a past participle, but I know how to use it. It's like you know? French with their fe- a masculine and feminine stuff in the grammar. Oh, don't get me started, because yeah. when it comes to Spanish, we have like 20 types of past tense. and people are 20 so types of past of- tense? Yeah, because you've got like perfect past tense, semi-perfect, demi-perfect, and then there's like types that I don't even know how to pronounce. It's like plus one perfecto, and I'm just like, how do you even use that? I, I, I don't even know what, how, how you use them. I just, I just naturally, it just comes out of me, you know? All right. So you, you, um, so being mixed race, you also said that, you know, like when you're in Hong Kong, people call you like a, uh, the term guai uh, how yeah. do you, how do you usually feel when people call you that? You know what? The thing is that I, I can tell when it's being used kind of affectionately and when it's being used kind of derogatorily. And yeah. It's most of the time. It's more. It's not really even either one of those two. Sometimes it's just mostly a, a tone of surprise. You know, it's sometimes it's annoying, and sometimes I realize because it's kind of the thing where it's both my a blessing and a curse because it's a very big asset when it comes to retail. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people come in and they don't want to come near me because they see me and obviously Hollister is a very Western brand and they're just like, oh, this is a foreigner, and a lot of people in Hong Kong really just don't want to bother talking in english sometimes when they go to buy they just want to kind of do their own thing <laughs> so i kind of have to take the initiative of going up to them and being like oh so i'm so you you may bonzo oh and it must be like one, surprises one of, them right one of the and then obviously like immediately it's just kind of like their eyes just kind of widen and they're just Huge like and they're just shock. kind of like it's such a shock to the man just like oh my god and it's this kind of awkward moment where i kind of have this opening to be like okay yes i am I can't speak your language. If, I, if you want to keep yeah. talking to me, because I'm like such a you know novelty to you, buy something and then I can you know kind of help you along the way, and I can just talk to you about yeah, what I, I am. Yeah, I like I completely I completely get it. It's kind of it's kind of like if you're if you're a foreigner in America or in UK or something like that. It's mm-hmm. like it basically consider yourself an expat, and then you speak their language. And they're actually completely shocked about it. I have so many times where uh, in Hong Kong, even in even in Hong Kong, not let's just not even say like uh, elsewhere, right? Like in Hong Kong, you talk to like foreigners and all that people, like, and when you speak in complete fluent English, and they just keep saying, "Wow, your English is so good!" Like, uh, and I was like. I don't know if I should say thank you or if I should be offended. Like I know, right? Yeah. It's a, so, it's, it's so such a I weird completely, divide. completely understand. Like when you say that you're you being a so-called guaidai, and then you, you, but you're able to speak Cantonese. People are so surprised and everything because I know a handful of people who who are like half half or like they are uh, maybe ethnics. They are they are um, they are white. 
whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But then they have one common thing is that they just because uh, it's because they lived in Hong Kong for quite a long time or like their entire lives. They actually understand how uh, uh, Cantonese and know how to co- uh, make a conversation with Cantonese. Not the best, mm-hmm. but at least you know able to hold a conversation. So yeah. I, it's just I feel like nowadays we just need to know that it's completely. Unsurprising if we have people that speaks other languages, even mm-hmm. if it's not your like your mother tongue, and yeah. um, uh, so you talked about like working in Hollister, how you know people don't approach you because because they don't really speak English. So, uh, you work at which branch, Hollister? I work in the Festival Walk branch. Okay, the festival. To- okay, fair enough. Like, cause like I know I've been to the Festival Walk. Branch, I think like a year ago or so. Like I, I, I don't really go to Kowloon but then um, mm-hmm. I've been there once or twice, and um, I kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but like, let's say a place with like different branches. Let's say you think places like Starbucks, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Uniqlo, um, Cotton On, Hollister, like the things that have branches around Hong Kong. I feel like that affects the entire dynamic of that shop a lot. So like, let's say. You work in let's say let's say comparing Kowloon Tong's uh, festival walks, uh, Hollister and uh, the Causeway Bay Heisen, um, yeah, Hollister, right? Mm-hmm. I went there. I remember in the month I've been to both last year. Yeah, and I remember so clearly the difference is that in Cotton in 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 Kowloon Tong one the festival walk one is that it's mainly Chinese, but then in the Causeway Bay one, everyone, despite them being, uh, despite the part-timers are Chinese, they also speak in English. And uh, I feel uh-huh. like people in the Causeway Bay one are more comfortable, even customers and employees are more co- uh, comfortable in speaking English compared to the mm-hmm. one in the Kowloon Correct me if I'm wrong, but what what is your observation on that? Well... I mean, first of all, I'm just going to say I'm I'm very biased, but I oh I've always thought that the Festival Walk um, store to me has been like kind of better because at the end of the day, Heisen is placed in a much more advantageous like position sure, when it comes sure. to like getting customers. Like even yeah. one thing that I've that they've taught me in Hollister is to kind of check out how the business is doing, and you can always tell that the district average of like mm-hmm. revenue sure. is always being pushed up because of Heisen because Heisen's the one who you, most of the time nine That's times where out of ten everyone will be getting the, the, every single day yeah. it's and, like, and, by, and yeah. I mean the, the, the store in, in, in Heisen is huge they have it like is, more yes. than one floor and yeah. they have Three so floors. many sections and if you could, like the in, like the stock room in the back is just the stock room is bigger than the, the entire store in Festival Walk really so that's already quite the store in Festival Walk is quite small, but I kind of uh, like that because it's kind of cozy and it's, it's yeah, easy yeah. to kind of get anything. And if if I were to like find a piece of clothing, for it's a customer, easier. It's much more. And they like, wanted yeah. like a new one or a, or or a, or, a, or another size. I could get it myself. Whereas in Heisen, mm. the possibility of me getting my own like size check would kind of be a nightmare because then I'd have to kind of navigate through so many like ba- like different barriers. Ah. But I do kind of get what you mean in the sense that. In, I guess you will hear more Chinese in Festival Walk because in Festival Walk, our main focus is the customer service because obviously mm-hmm. since we have less of a less of a store to offer, like our store is so much smaller, and less kind of like visually impactful, we kind of have to make up for it by making sure that each customer feels 
well taken care of by each of the associates and that's our main selling point so obviously we're gonna go more for you know catering to them and obviously speaking chinese which is probably more helpful to them whereas in heisen their customer service i've noticed is more of okay we're gonna talk to you in english because what we're gonna do is welcome you and then make sure that you're okay but then we're just gonna leave you to your own devices yeah Whereas that's kind of festival I... walk we can't really do that i mean we could do that but obviously the managers would frown upon that and we wouldn't want to do that like we've kind of been trained and taught to kind of be like okay if you talk to a customer and help them out you kind of want to stay with them until yeah, the see end it of through, like right? their transaction because you want to make sure that all the way through everything's yeah. fine unless they specifically request to kind of be like left alone then obviously fair enough, fair enough. like you want to give that the whole full package like uh-huh. hi can i get your size hi yeah this is like this quality this is uh, made in this material um we have like an alternative if you would like to check it out like i completely uh-huh. get it and um I don't know, like, it's kind of weird um, with the whole language barrier and everything. Uh, I don't think, uh, I think, like, yeah, I don't think it's just um, just completely due to, like, oh, customer experience or, like, what's the, or, like, region-wide. But then, um, I don't know, every, the, the, the vibe that I get from, I never, I mean, not, not the Kowloon Tong one, because I don't know uh, that one well. i never been to that mm-hmm. one, like, a lot. But then the, every single time, I walk into the the Heisen place Hollister just to like maybe look for a t-shirt or maybe like to get some like a quick buy or whatsoever like a quick fix right yep I don't know the employees there kind of give me such a pretentious vibe <laughs> if I'm being like like I'm sorry but then like they just give me like a little pretentious vibe Oh my and, god. And 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 it's like that kind of thing where it's like um yeah like hi can I help you like 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 yes. like oh yeah like, and so I was like oh yeah can I can I check this shirt um do you have like another ca- uh, color variant or like a different size like oh you have to go like upstairs and then like uh check out that section like that kind of stuff. Oh my god. Like the way they talk to me or like <laughs> I, how I observe it it's just kind of like they don't they, like they feel like they don't need to be here or whatsoever but then every time I know people who used to work there and they all said the pay isn't that high so I'm like you're oh, giving that you're giving that <laughs> attitude for like 50 bucks an hour like what yo come on. Like but yeah yeah, yeah. no it's it, the thing is that I I kind of, I think for me as an associate working festival, I have a kind of a, a better view of Heisen in the sense that during Christmas time, um, they, oh, well, I'm going to have to kind of explain this. In Hollister, when you're a part-time, you have a limit of 18 hours a week that yeah, you can that work. After, yeah, yeah. after you reach that 18 hours, you can't work that week unless the managers that week, unless it's a peak week. If it's a peak week for business, usually managers will let you um, go work over 18 more. as yeah. an exception. Um, or if there's like some type of special circumstance, like there was a week where we had just too much shipment to do. And obviously, even though I'm like a brand representative, which is pretty much just retail on the floor, um, I do know how to work with shipment. Uh, I've kind of like learned along the way. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, Teddy, could you just kind of do a full shift and help us with shipment? I was like, I'm going to be over 18. They were like, okay, it's fine for this week. I was like, okay, oh, sure, that's okay. cool. That's more money for me. Um, but then... During Christmas time, I w- they they let us go over eighteen, but I was like doing as much as I could, so I was working about forty hours a week at Hollister. Wow! Damn. And okay. I think there was a week. I think it was like the New Year's week 
where they asked me if I could actually go over and help out at Heisen. <laughs> and it was kind of like such a culture shock. Like, it, I, I, it, was, it, it kind of reminded me of like switching from Spain to Hong Kong, but like just Hollister because <laughs> the environment is just so different. And I mean, no disrespect meant to like any people at Heisen because a, a lot of them are like really lovely people. But I was just so shocked at how like um, it was like, I felt like in Festival Walk, we care so much more in many ways about, like, the customers and how we kind of present things. Because everything was just a mess over there. Like, I was, yeah. every time, I, I was working through stuff and I was just like, I feel like if I, any of these things were happening in Festival Walk, everyone would be getting, like, yelled at. Because <laughs> this is, like, I you know. I think it also I, comes I, with that it's, it's a big place, right? It is, it is, it is. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to manage every single thing. And, mm-hmm. um... And I just can't, like, I can't imagine this because, like, um, ev- like, how do you, like, like you said, it's such a cultural shock. People who just seem like they don't care enough, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, um, how do you say it? I feel like people, <laughs> okay, so in other places, I know a friend who works in, like, the Shatin one or uh, Shatin Hollister, if there's one right there. Um, and, and she's no, like, oh. The, the- there's one in like new new territories or like very yeah far yeah away. Yun, it's it's, it's oh, in Yun Yoho, Yunlong yeah Yun yeah Long, that yeah. one that one not not Shaten Yunlong yeah yeah sorry my bad so yeah I have a friend who works there and then um she said it's like uh um like really chill like this and that really calm vibes but then I don't know like just the Causeway Bay one everyone there seems like they're like a reboot of like Pretty Little Liars or like, like <laughs> or like like it's a um, vampire diaries. I don't know Twilight oh whatsoever. Like 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 a typical Netflix high school retail shop drama. If you get what I mean. It's oh my like, god! It's like you have like the class of like I'm so much better. I'm like imagine them being off work and then like chatting to their friends who aren't working there. It's like oh what do you do? It's like oh yeah I work at Hollister, dude. Like what's up? <laughs> and it's like no, that's not like a grand title or whatsoever i mean I it's, it's, it's fun to talk about working at hollister but it's not oh, like oh yeah the, i hear about a lot about the dramas and everything that's it, why it's, it's not like the creme de la creme it's not like you know <laughs> oh i'm working at hollister it's not like you know it's not like izzy who's just like you know is filming with netflix it's not like a thing that i'm just oh, like shout out shout out to izzy. oh yeah it's shout out shout out to izzy, but like that's you know it, you know you get it it's like it's not like the best thing in the world when you say, oh, yeah, I work at Hollister. It's not like this kind of thing where you can brag about it. It's just like, well, yeah, I kind of work at Hollister. That's the way I'm, like, getting by. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, like, I respect the hustle for everyone who were working there. But then, every like, uh, when some people ask me about, like, what do you think about people who work at Hollister? And then I would, I never worked there. But mm-hmm. just from people's uh, experience, just from people, like, my friends who tell me about their own work experience... I kind of figured out something. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm I could be offending some people, but then <laughs> from what I could piece out is that I explained to some of my friends like I feel like correct me if I'm wrong. People mm-hmm. who work at Halser, like the part timers, are pretty much loaded, but they're just getting a part time job just so they can say they have a job and so their parents would get off their back. Okay, so there's a lot of layers to that, I guess. Um, I mean, especially I... the one in Heisen, not the one in Countdown. Heisen, I can't say for sure. Heisen, maybe like I, 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 I can't because in Heisen, I think the the vibe is just 
completely different. It's just off but the I can say for festival, I can say for festival walk, um, a majority of people working there really do hustle. Right? I, 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 I wouldn't say everyone's like loaded, but there is like a certain level of like people of like you know people who co- do come from well enough families. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that their parents are kind of forcing them, but they do kind of want to have like something to do, right? Yeah, especially to... especially with COVID, we have yeah. we have like a lot of seasonal workers right now who are like working here mostly because they're kind of uh... stuck in Hong Kong until like the new one of my um, co-workers and friends, Chelsea. She is in King's College in in, in the UK. Oh, shout out, and Chelsea she... from King's College. <laughs> and she is currently um, here in Hong Kong, and she's working on Hollister. Okay. But she has kind of told me that she is here mostly because um, because of COVID, and she's going back uh, for the new term uh, mm-hmm. after the fall. Yeah. But you know, the only reason why she's worked in Hollister for this long is because of this. And here's the thing: I will, I do have to say, um, kind of, not in defense of Hollister, but in the sense that. Most of the people, and I hope none of my managers listen to this because it's probably gonna. I think this is gonna probably maybe hurt some people, but you working at Hollister is not that good. Like people don't stay in Hollister because of the job; they stay there because the the one thing I will always commend my managers and my coworkers is that we have created a really nice working environment. Like yeah. it's a it's a very it's, much like yeah. a family kind of vibe in the sense that everyone's really close everyone we're all really friendly with each other we all really like one another we're very happy to work with one another i mean obviously there is this there's always this like one odd person out which sometimes rubs people the wrong way but in general it's like a very Mm -hmm. nice like team spirit and it's i don't know it's like it's the sort of workplace that i've never been to before like i don't know there was this one day i walked into the room and they were just having like a hot pot right in the middle of the office and i was like what what, what other place in the world do, could you do something like that you know where, is that where the it's smell like, that i like... smell like is that the fragrance smell that i smell every time i walk into uh, hollister <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's just kind of like you you walk in and it's just like you know this kind of happy like vibe where you just you can even just you can have just have a normal conversation with the managers and the managers are actually like really really nice and i don't know that's cool i, I, I I've, I've gotten I, i've always felt because i felt like the managers with me specifically have always seemed to always keep an extra eye on me because they know mm. that I'm on my own and that I oh, that's just nice. kind of have to... that's really nice so and, and, and it's kind of like the vibe of being I feel I feel very well taken care of because everyone's always kind of like looking out for me in a way and I I've I've never really had that so it's kind of nice it's just that it's weird that the place it would come from would be Hollister of all places mm. you know what I mean no, I completely get it, and like, yeah, I, res- I definitely respect like, um, like the people that you commend, and uh, I'm sure like, I-, I think the most important thing in a workplace, especially like F and B areas or like retail areas, um, the most mm-hmm. important thing is definitely work environment and the team dynamic, and that really plays a lot, and um, I feel like if that doesn't work out, then as as high like as prestigious a shop may be or whatsoever, if the team dynamic and the working environment isn't well, then like it's not going to be fun working there. But Absolutely. we have to we have to move on from uh, Hollister. We talked <laughs> yeah. a lot too much about Hollister. Let's talk about your. Uh, let's talk about something that we both have an interest on, which is um, acting, musical theater, um, uh-huh. just acting in general. So. Yeah. Um, 
let's just talk a little bit about your own acting background. When did you start? When did you, um, you know, start to develop like an interest towards it? And like, did you do some classes or like uh-huh. what? What's your first ever show that you've done as well? Okay, my first ever show that I like did. Well, depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking just in general, I would say it was um, <laughs> my first great show. I mean, it was because, yeah, no, because literally, because in my school, we had um, a show every single like um, cycle of year, like yeah. every single year group would have like their own show. So I remember yeah, just being I, in like, yeah, feel, yeah, I, nursery. My school did that as well. My school did that. As well. So I just remember being in nursery and just doing shows. But obviously back in nursery, it was like it was very low key. And I was I think I was a chicken for like my first episode. <laughs> I was three years old and I was just just dressed up as a chicken. And we would just kind of have to do like a, a bit of dancing or whatever. Second and my second year was like a reindeer. I guess the first time I did like a show and it was kind of like me like consciously making the decision like it was uh, for a musical in secondary school and they were uh-huh. doing Greece. It was 2014. Um, Whoa, Greece. And I, I, back in the day, uh, my parents forced me to, to take Mandarin classes. And I mean, I, 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 I love I love languages. But I absolutely do not like Boudoua. Like, I, I really do not like Mandarin. I just really... Well, okay. Not that I don't like the language. I think I just did not like being forced to do it. Because I just yeah, didn't want to do it no, if some, so if my parents were being like, you have to do this. And I was like, I don't want to. Kind of like, like reverse psychology, like, I guess. Yeah, like how you said, like, Spanish, English, and Cantonese are kind of brought up in a natural way. If you kind of yeah. force jam another topic another subject uh, language it kind of works differently and you're gonna the, the pace of learning is definitely different but yeah back mm-hmm. to your back to your um, yeah. musical journey and i mean since we're talking about mixed race as well i think i can just plug in real quick that you know part of the reason why i didn't want to do mandarin also has to do a lot with maybe like internalized racism at the time which mm-hmm. I, we can talk about later but because when i was younger i looked way more asian than i do now okay I think. okay okay um but yeah, so first musical, 2014 Greece. And what I ended up doing was I ended up skipping um, Chinese classes and just auditioning for the show. And I ended up getting one of the main roles. I was Keneki, um, who, and Keneki. I even have like my own Keneki in the yeah, in, in I, I, I rem- and, oh, Is it like and, and, and one of the He's kind of like the the, 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 the sidekick. Yeah, he is. Like, kind of like that. Yeah, he's kind of like, so if you've got Danny and Z- Sandy yeah. as kind of like the, yeah. the, 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 the two leads, then you've got Rizzo and Kennedy who are like yeah, Rizzo the and, yeah, Rizzo, main Rizzo. cast. They're like kind of like the second and like the... Like the second couple, the B team. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah kind of the, the B team and I even got my own solo. And it was weird because hey. I was like the newcomer and on like my first try I got, well, to be honest, let's be honest here. I was a guy. And there were there weren't that many guys. We were yeah, like five boys, yeah. so every single one of us got a main role. But I I was like, me and the boy who played Danny, we were the only ones who got like an actual song to sing uh-huh. uh, on our own as a solo. And then by the time I told my parents, I think it was like a week before like we start doing shows, and I was like, you can't really like stop me because th- there's no understudy. So yeah, that's how it, that's how I kind of I, I got away with it. Like they were furious, obviously, and they were so mad once they found out that I was I wasn't doing Chinese anymore. But I was like, hey, I I, what can you do about it at this point? And yeah, that, that hey, just fair play. Continued. You 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 ran around the system and you got yeah. what you wanted. You <laughs> yeah, know, I, I, play. Play, I I I I play, I told the the line and I was very secretive yeah. about it. Obviously, once the show got around, because I actually kind of spray dyed my hair like gold and my parents were like wait so why do you need this and i was just like oh no reason in particular 
<laughs> and then yeah, and then and then, and then obviously because I uh, I asked uh, my parents to kind of help me one day to kind of play around with my hair so I could do like the elephant trunk hairstyle, and they're like, oh, this looks cool, but like. W- why are you doing this? Are you gonna go to school like this? And I was like, Oh, oh no no no! I'm just like you know, playing around. Just playing around, you know. And then doing a YouTube you know, video. Yeah, no, and then and then it came around, and then they saw the promo pictures and all that, and they were like, <laughs> Oh, so this was what it was for. And then yeah, and then every single year I did it because what happens is that in primary school, the yearly show was kind of like compulsory for each year group each year group had to do a show yeah but then when since you came to secondary it was like a club it was an extra yeah, curricular yeah, that you yeah, had to yeah. choose but we're talking about more like a professional level i guess you could maybe say sms so in ape in the hong kong academy for performing arts when we did yep. summer musical cinderella was like my first one and i kind of have to say so that's your your like your first yeah proper, proper the first production. proper professional show and they gave me the lead which i was not expecting i like i i, I came in fair play to you I watched <laughs> it was that, like i watched I the did, show I, it was it was really it was it was decent and like uh, <laughs> It was mad, mad props to you, man. Mad props. Oh, God. No, it's like, I feel like my first ever memory of you was just look at those. Because I remember you came t- to rehearsals to see uh, Chin. And then <laughs> they gave me, my costume was like so cool. But then it was like, you look me from up t- top to bottom. And then you look at my shoes. And they were like these like discount, weird, janky ass shoes. And I just remember you just filming them on like Snapchat or something and then showing them to me and being like, you look at the costume and it's like all like blue and gold and so fancy. And then you look at the shoes and you're like, what are those? So that's like kind of like my first. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like my first like memory of like (laughs) Stanley as a person and being like, okay. (laughs) Oh God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. It was really fun because I hated those shoes. I I, I I don't remember that at all. I don't re- I don't remember that. <laughs> it was 2017, right back then. Yeah, 2017. Yeah, 2017 cuz I did my show uh the year before. And, oh yeah, um, Seven Brides and Seven like, Brothers. Yeah, like you said, it's really hard to find like male actors who are like um like I feel like it's such, um I think it's growing but at the same time, especially in musical theater, less so on like commercial, less so on like mm-hmm. movie short films whatsoever. But especially on musical theater, because like you have like jazz, you have a uh, ballet, you have this and that. Um, yeah, it's portrayed as a more of a fem- feminine movement, and mm-hmm. um, it's quote quote unmasculine and like um, uh, and it's gonna be like yeah. I feel like back then when I did my show back in twenty sixteen, I feel uh, I remember really clearly that. All the leads, like all seven brothers, they were the all like they were the only guys that were like old enough to like have their own mindset, have their own yeah. decision making and everything. And mm-hmm. I swear, like if it wasn't because like there are exactly seven, like there are no all the <laughs> other all the other male actors are all like ten or fifteen and younger or whatsoever. And it's just like does it doesn't it wouldn't work out at all. And um, I feel like um, growing, coming to these years, I, I'm really glad to see more and more male performers are coming out to like um, to to onto the stage, onto like yeah. uh, showcase what they can do, like doing ballet, doing uh, jazz, singing, and whatsoever. But what about you? Like when you first stepped out that um, stage, when you step first stepped on the stage, like how does it feel? Like how does it how does it feel to like 
yeah, I'm taking this center <laughs> stage and like a single no, no, spotlight. No. How does it feel? I, it's it's kind of it's ineffable. It's very. I I I knew from the moment that I started doing like shows that this was what I wanted to do in my life. The thing is that mm-hmm. for me, musical theatre. I feel like I always wanted to do it even before I knew the concept of what musical theater was because I remember being like a three-year-old kid and there was this there were shows to, who would come to visit my school and they would perform for like the school and it was just these like people who were like dancing and singing but acting at the same time and me thinking this is the coolest thing in the world I want to do this and not knowing that that was musical theater and then growing up with me like oh so that's what it was and then realizing mm. I kind of came full circle because I kind of had to put a stop to that because for a time it always, it just I just had to seem to focus on academics for so long just to you know kind yeah, of please course. my parents uh, and then suddenly it was like oh wait I can come back to this because this is actually what I want to do and stepping onto a stage I think is it's almost like each time I do it it's almost like coming back home because I realize it's where I'm most comfortable it's where I'm the most happy it's it's kind of not to sound pretentious, but I remember I did a creative writing piece about theatre and I remember describing it as kind of like a million like crystals kind of swirling around in a sort of faux galaxy moment mm-hmm. where everything just comes together and you just kind of bask in the... That's why they call it Bask in the Glory, man. Bask yeah, it kind of in like the, the, the controlled chaos, I mean... I call it controlled chaos because, um, I mean, you you watched Cinderella when we did it in 2017. Yeah. And during the ballroom scene, it was kind of like this huge thing where everyone's like singing and then just going a- running around in a huge circle with me and the girl playing Cinderella in the, in the middle. And yeah. it was like chaotic, but also controlled. And it was like kind of this beautiful moment where you just kind of like all this like energy that's going around and everyone's just kind of like in, in it, in the moment. And... If everything were just, if the lights were to go off in that moment, then so be it. We've mm-hmm. had this moment, kind of thing. So it's it's it's. I, f- I feel like nobody can really explain it. You you just you can just feel it. It's it's something that you have to try yourself to really get the full experience. I yeah I understand and like uh, I remember at the curtain call and everything like when when the curtain opens you know everyone's walking up or like they're all lined up and the entire audience just stands up and like starts giving applause and that was kind of that that kind of sensation that feeling really is like one of a kind and it's very Mm -hmm. unique and it literally it gives you literal chills and like goosebumps and everything it's just it's just a feeling that you know that's why you love acting that's why you love theater that's why you like you know you like singing you like dancing and everything i mean i'm more so on the film area and more so Mm -hmm. on like the compared to being on musical theater but then i completely respect and appreciate everyone who works in musical theater or like uh drama whatsoever because it's just it's something that is really hard to do to do everything live like in filming you can do it like uh takes after take after take you can mess up if you want but then for for drama it's like once you messed up that's it you have to improvise and save it or you just go along with it and despite maybe messing up once or twice you're still able to get like that one kind of that grand applaud that is like something that is you earned it you you worked hard for like that one and a half hour of like showtime and like yo you've done it man like and i really really am 
like glad to see people just like slowly coming out and do more of these kind of stuff and um and i just need to ask you like you know you've done this for like uh, maybe a few years now and you're starting to like you know you're getting to an age where um dreams and reality kind of have to start merging together right mm -hmm. yep so what is currently your plan for in terms of like acting and everything and uh how are you tackling this approach right now well so right now i'm i'm in in the middle of a couple of auditions i have i actually have a call back um this saturday for a show in the in yaf mm -hmm. and what i'm kind of trying to do is balance studying on on the one hand working so i can like kind of slowly like raise some money and yep. still kind of audition if there's anything going on in hong kong so that once i f actually finish my degree i have maybe enough money to maybe put aside a little bit and maybe move back to the uk and try doing auditions over there because obviously the hong kong market is so small and i mean obviously no offense to hong kong but it's not if you actually want to have a like full-blown career when it comes to something like musical theater you can't really stay on on this oh, like no, island no, I can't. It's, you, it's you 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 hugely kind of have to invested yes so you kind of have to to move out and i mean i i lived in in glasgow for a year okay um so i'm kind of familiar with with the scene in in, in scotland but it'd be kind of I really would want to try out to see how it would be like maybe in 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 on the south end so in mm -hmm. England, England London yeah. western and all that um trying out for auditions I mean I'm also currently looking looking for an agent to help me out with um trying to maybe book a, a couple more gigs um I feel like it just comes with experience like you yeah. just, just kind of have to look for more of your own your own opportunity and then sooner or later you're going to build a bigger enough profile um, that maybe some um, agents or like talent agencies they want to like sign you or like keep you in their books and that's how you start getting like smaller a bigger and bigger stuff um, yep. it comes in like waves after wave after wave but then I completely understand where, where you're trying to go like for me um, at least like I am currently I'm also studying right now I'm on my yeah. uh, second year uh, on a three-year program um, and um, uh, on my on the side, I've been doing a lot of like freelance filming, directing, and also producing, and while also doing like um trying to like build up a um like an acting profile as well. And yeah. uh, I've done like you know music videos and like smaller commercials, this and that. But you know you always want to take that one step up. You know once you get a taste of something, you wanna you wanna go to some level that is like higher and higher, or like you want to find that end goal, right? So yeah. if I have to ask you, maybe in the next five years, what is like where do you see yourself in terms of acting in the next five years? I would like to think that maybe by by, by five years I would have liked to have maybe at least maybe one professional show under my belt. Mm -hmm. Something something I wouldn't I don't I don't I mean, I'm not gonna like say that I'm gonna have like a really big gig, but I would like to have something that's a bit more visible to the eyes of like the world because if i tell people that i've done like you know a musical in hong kong that's kind of like oh people will be like oh that's cool but you know it's not it's it's a bit yeah. more low-key compared yeah. to anything else to that, that you do so i would be hoping that in five years i will have maybe found something that's a bit more like on the scale of visibility to like the rest of the world in terms of mm -hmm. like okay what's your actual experience in in this 
you want to have something that's like completely like um something that you can be super proud of it's not not saying that the smaller gigs and smaller projects aren't something to be proud of but it's yeah. something that you know you made a small dent in the world you made like a exactly you, you made yeah. a, like a name it's like like let's let's maybe use uh, Izzy like as a as a small example it's like mm-hmm. at the age of 17 you are able to do something big for Netflix like like a Netflix show at the age of 17 working with the likes of Miguel Berardeo um oh uh, like like those kind of people like you know they're also growing but then they're also like household name in the Spanish Netflix yes and like, yes um, they are very much so yeah and and like you have like other people as well I'm not too sure about the names but the only one I know is Miguel because uh, I yeah, watched because yeah. I watched Elite um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like like just the the I don't think it's just because of the opportunity it's also the opportunity to to get to know other people in the industry the, the, to get to know uh, collab or like work with other people that are in the industry or like just to gain a whole sense of uh, appreciation in the in the media entertainment industry field where like wow there's so much talent that could be shared uh, to the world there's so much talent that could be learned so much knowledge that could be gained and i feel like I feel like you and I, we might have like a similar interest in terms of like where we're going to be seeing ourselves in the next three to five years. It's like, you know, something similar. You want to make like that small dent in the world in terms of yep. like make be, mm-hmm. being a part of a show, being part of a yeah. movie, being part of a TV shows or whatsoever, whatever that may be. And um, and because like I'm also planning like I, there could be a like uh, potential of me mo- uh, moving to the UK to finish my degree uh-huh, um, uh-huh. this coming year. So while I'm going to be doing my final year, I'm also be hoping to like, you know, do acting on the side and like, get, like try auditions after auditions after auditions and just yeah. see where, where it lands me. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just to quickly, like, like sum it up a little bit, like ha- um, if you're like, you've done this for a little while now and mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. age of 21, Let's just say there's people same like you who are maybe struggling a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying that you're struggling, but in Hong Kong, let's just say Hong Kong in general, people, everyone is like struggling for money if they want to be like looking for a job, especially people like under 23, under 25. They're like, you know, struggling, uh, balancing school, balancing work, part-time, full-time, whatever that may be. And also rent if there is or like family money or whatsoever. Like how do you... How do you handle that? Like, what kind of advice would you give um, uh, if you were to give something like that? Like like an advice, if you get what I mean. Okay. The only piece of advice that I've ever felt qualified to give anyone and that I would always fully endorse... It's time for an unpre- unprofessional advice. <laughs> that I would fully, like, endorse people is to tell them to just... Mm, it sounds a bit anti- anticlimactic, but just be nice in the sense that just go in always with a with a positivity and a sense of gratefulness and enthusiasm because at the end of the day this is an industry where you're going to get many doors closed in your face for some time before anything gets opened up and that's okay but just remember to always come in you know, showing off yourself as a person that they can work with because your name might not be on that screen for like the first 
10 opportunities, but one day it could be. So you want to make sure that you're known as the person who's nice, the person who who, who would be nice to work with, a person who's just, just someone who, 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 who they know would work well in a team. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just... No, just, I just be ki- yeah, just, just be ki- just be kind to people. Just be because at the end of the day, you know, we, we all just want to get somewhere. So we might mm-hmm. as well, you know, try to make it easy for for one another. For sure, like you know, people are. I feel like, like you said, you know, just be kind to everyone. People are in this industry for a reason. You know, they want to produce something. They want to be a part of something amazing, right? And yep. if you're taking that taking that joy out of the entire process is just, just it, do, it doesn't benefit anyone mm-hmm. and um i remember when i did this production thing like last summer one of the drivers told me like i was complaining to him about the production manager who was like giving me a lot of crap and then yeah he was like you know you can think about this way you know a day a good day is a day. A bad day is also a day. It's your own attitude to determine if you want every single day to be good or every single day to be bad. Oh, you know, yeah, it's like that kind of uh, that kind of mentality. You know, a, yeah, a bad yeah. day is also a day. You know, it's also twenty four hours. You know, it, it it doesn't get any difference than other people. You could have be having a bad day, but into mm-hmm. other people's eyes, it's just a normal day. So you might as well turn that, twist that around, and make it to something good something like a learning curve or like a, a positive opportunity for yourself and others to lean upon on and grow upon on and mm-hmm. um with that being said like um you know uh, we have to wrap this up because we're nearly to <laughs> yeah. the hour mark uh, i just yeah. want to say thank you so much teddy for being on the podcast i'm sure people who are listening have gained a little bit insight about yourself and also you being a mixed race kid working in Hollister while also, <laughs> while also like trying to pursue a dream in acting and everything. And I do wish you uh, all the best in terms of all the auditions, the castings and the future opportunities you are uh, currently pursuing on. Thank you. And same to you. Good luck with like everything. And if you do move to the UK, well, well, I mean, like, yeah, let's just meet up if we if that things do happen. And uh, yeah, so with that being said, thank you, uh, audience, so much for listening to uh, basically Growing Up Podcast. This is um, going to be episode 22, if I remember, because I do have like a episode before this coming out. And um, uh, Teddy, do you want to like plug in really quick your Instagram or whatsoever, anything you want? Just plug okay. in anything. I mean, my Instagram, you can probably write it down somewhere if you have a description. It's Cachorrimparilla, which nobody can uh, knows what that is. But <laughs> I'll, put that's my the, hand- I'll, I'll put it in the show description. I'll put <laughs> it in the show notes. So, like, nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody knows how to write that except for me. So <laughs> especially here no worries, no worries. I'll just copy and paste from your Instagram. Uh, so yeah, if you want to follow, uh, if you want to follow Teddy, um, just. Um, uh, go to the show notes and then you'll see the Instagram handle and give him a follow. Just tell him that like, hey, Stanley's podcast sent you or like just, you know, if you have anything, just private message both of us and tell us how you feel and just say hi to both of us. I'm sure we both are very uh, welcoming to all your messages. And um, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much, yeah. Teddy. And um, I will talk to you guys all later in the next episode of Basically Growing Up. Bye-bye.